Welcome to Truth in the Word. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Now, here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, this is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is the Truth in the Word. I'm going to continue on today in Acts chapter 2, talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit and talking about speaking in tongues, went to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Last verse I read was Paul writing to the Romans and said, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. And we read 1 Corinthians 14, 3. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Now this is Paul's teaching concerning the operation of the Holy Spirit, which is poured out in Acts chapter 2, the chapter which we are studying. And we'll read Romans 14, 19 one more time. Let us therefore follow after the things, listen, which make for peace, peace amongst the brethren, and things wherewith one may edify another. That's a powerful scripture. This is what the Holy Spirit commands us to do through Paul is follow peace with all men, get along with all men if possible, and the things we do within the body of Christ are to edify. You know, the Bible says, he that is spiritual is to restore the one that's not spiritual, not to condescend, not to look down the nose. Come on. Not to talk about as if uh, we are superior to somebody else. Yeah. That's a, that's a big problem in the church world today, superiority, elitism. Oh, yes. Been in the church 40-some years, and I, I can tell you that's one of the big problems. It's, everybody's elite. I know something you don't know. Okay. So we're going to move on today in 1 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And he that speaks in an unknown tongue, listen, edifies himself. Remember? Man, we've talked about man who speaks in tongue or woman does not speak to man. We're talking about uninterpreted tongues, but speaks to God. So here Paul stated, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, that which people cannot understand, edifies himself. Jude says, build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost. So, The gift of tongues without interpretation should primarily, in my opinion, be used in your prayer closet. You and God. You're talking to God. He's talking to you. You don't even understand. You're edifying yourself. You don't know what actually you are saying, but God does. Okay. But he that prophesies, in other words, speaks in a knowing tongue. You see the difference? So just coming into church and everybody talking in tongues. Now, let me qualify that. In worship, I've seen people speak in tongues, and and it, but 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 it's not it's not a boldness. It's a speaking in tongues as if praying to themselves. Okay, which God understands, and that's not for interpretation. That that's a form of worship. Okay. So, Paul divides that. 
And he says, if you speak in an unknown tongue, you don't edify anybody else. You edify yourself. But he said, if you prophesy, that's why he said, would that you prophesy in something that can, can be understood. And there is a gift of tongues. And, and it's good. It's good. It's, it's, a, it's a gift of God. The Bible declares it. Okay. So if you prophesy, then you prophesy in edification. In other words, where everybody benefits from what you are saying. Now, if there's an interpretation of tongues, okay, it follows uh, follows somebody speaking in tongues, then that's prophesying. That's a gift of interpretation of what the tongues are saying, which which does not bring confusion because it's interpreted. Now, if it's interpreted right, time will tell. <laughs> I've learned down through the years that that there's a thin line between flesh and spirit. Not a, not everybody that does activities in the house of God is of God. That's why the Bible says, "Be slow to speak. Make choose choose your words. Choose your operations. Try the spirits." The Bible says, "And see if they be of God." So. He that prophesies edifies the church is meant for edification of the entirety of the body, just not the speaker. And this is the purpose of all the gifts. It's for the edification of the body. Once again, never for men. Always for the body of Christ. They are gifts given by God. God uses men to help and to lift up, lift up and edify the body of Christ. In other words, a need, the needs in people's lives. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14 and 5. Listen to what he said. I would that you all spake with tongues. What did we say it was? The evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But rather that you, what? Prophesy. There it is again. So he puts much more emphasis on prophesying than it is speaking in tongues because, because of the understanding factor. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret. Pick up your Bible and read this with me. That the church may receive edifying or edification. Read that again. Greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks in tongues, except, except, except that those tongues are interpreted by which the body of Christ is edified. Proper operation does not bring confusion. Must be followed to the T as the Holy Spirit gave it to Paul. And this is obvious because the Holy Spirit is, uh, or prophecy is the given language of the people to be understood. If we would meet on the street, we both talked in tongues, what's done? Everybody walks away scratching their head. What was that all about? <laughs> so there must be understanding. There must be clarification. God is not the author of confusion. Okay. So all tongues cannot be understood unless they're interpreted. There again. I'm going to go back to what Paul said. Speaking in tongues by itself is speaking to God and not to man, and not for man's interpretation. It's for God. Okay. Paul wrote 
wrote in 1 Corinthians 14 and 5. Sorry. 14 and 6. Now, brethren, this is what he says here. If I come to you speaking with tongues, which he did, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation, okay, knowledge, or by prophecy, or by doctrine, something that could be understood. So speaking with tongues is speaking through God in a prayer language, okay, which is simply a prayer language. I think we've emphasized that. He says, I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophecy or by doctrine. Okay, so these things, revelation, knowledge, prophecy, and doctrine, they reveal truth. So the Lord allows tongues not to be interpreted, edifies no one but the speaker. Paul's not, not demeaning tongues or saying they should not be in operation, but he's saying they need to be used in the right way, and that applies to the modern-day church. Once again, we can't pair off or triple off in, in little corners. Everybody have a little prophecy session. Everybody have their talking tongue. Not of God. Brings confusion. Takes away from the pastor what he's trying to do. The pastor who should be moving totally in the Holy Spirit. See, everything we do needs to be by the Spirit of God. Is it always done that way? No, of course not. But the more we yield ourselves under the Spirit, we allow the Spirit to take precedence in our church services. And much more will be accomplished, less, less speaking of men and more speaking of God. So the gifts, the gift of tongues is to be used in the right way. See, this is why tongue gets such a bad rap, if I, if I might use that term, because it's not done properly. They, I believe that the gifts are still in operation. There are those that don't. That's, that's their privilege. So Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14, 7, And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds. How shall it be known what is piped or harped? Okay, so we've been around enough. You know, I was in the band. I can tell the difference between a drum and a tuba, uh, a clarinet, a trumpet, even a French horn, or whatever it might be. There is a distinction of sounds, which brings clarification. Oh, that was a trumpet. Oh, that was a trombone. Oh, that 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 was a tuba. There's understanding. I don't have to go scratching my head wondering what in the world was that. No, it's distinct. So unless melody and proper operation of what is sounding, what is harped, it's just noise. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just bedlam, confusion, chaotic. And that's never been God's plan. Okay. Especially if you've got new converts in the house of God. Okay. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14 and 8, For with the trumpet given an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself unto the battle? So what was the trumpet for? Charge. Okay. When I, when I was in the military, there was a, uh, what they called, reverly, which went off way too early, <laughs> in my opinion. And we got up by the sound 
of a sharp noise of a of a trumpet. And at night there was taps, which was time to sleep. There was a difference. See? We knew what to do at the sound of reveille, and we knew what to do at the sound of taps. And that never that never changed. God, God doesn't change. Verse 9, 1 Corinthians 14, 9. So likewise ye accept you utter by the tongue words easily to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? He asks the question. That's what he says. For ye shall speak unto the ear. What does that do? Just puff. Nothing accomplished. I hope we're, I hope we're getting the point here. Okay. Once again, there's a proper operation of the gifts in God's church. Isaiah 55, 11, that's what he says. The prophet said, So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. So there's a distinction of the move of God in the house of God. Always decisive, always bold, always being under... Uh, the fact that the Holy Spirit's a catalyst, the one that pushes the Spirit, the, the rock in Hebrew. Verse 10, 1 Corinthians 14, 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification or meaning. We can tell different things. Okay, we can interpret different things. We know different sounds. You know the sound of your alarm clock. You know the sound of this, and the, we live in a sound in, in, in a world of sound. Last, last teaching session, my phone went off. I knew what that was. I apologize for that, by the way. Verse eleven, First Corinthians fourteen eleven. Therefore, I know not the meaning of the voice. I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. That's strong language. And he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. No understanding, very unfruitful. Huh? Let all things be done in decency and in order. We've got to get back to that. First of all, I personally believe teachers, preachers, pick up the word of God. And teach the church about the proper operation according to what Paul said. And there's much in the in that particular book about the gifts of the Spirit, about the operation of the Spirit, and how the Spirit operates in decency and in order. The Holy Ghost never does anything out of decency and in order. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman. So all these things are unfruitful without understanding. Okay, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Even so ye, for much as ye were zealous of spiritual gifts, listen, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. You think Paul might be driving home a point here? What's, what's the goal of being filled with spiritual gifts? Once again, not self-edification. Not somebody pointing at us and going, oh my, they're anointed. Amen. Churches spend a lot of time, praise God, polishing their own anointing. Okay. 
excel to the edifying of the church. This is the purpose of the gifts. Once again, we're just talking about the gift of tongues today. Interpretation is involved here. Prophecy is involved. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 3, he that prophesied, speaketh unto men, edification, exhortation, and comfort. We, are, we, we read that, but we make reference back to that particular scripture. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Are we getting this today? Excel to the edifying of the church. Okay. Verse 13, 1 Corinthians 14 and 13. Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Must be to avoid confusion. Confusion. I've left services a lot of times, scratching my head. Why was there no interpretation? That's what he's saying here. Before you... Before you take off and start speaking in tongues, you better know you got the interpretation. There's nothing wrong with just speaking in English first. <laughs> okay? Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes somebody else will interpret, but you better make sure you have the interpretation because it cuts down and avoids confusion, and confusion is a problem in the church. See, the gospel... It's blurred if there's confusion. And the gospel, I believe, is to be precise. The lifting up of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel, which draws all men unto him, the head of the church, the purchaser of the church, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone of the church. Verse 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Paul said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, which he did, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. You're getting that. We go clear back to the first of this particular chapter. He said, when we speak in tongues, who do we talk to? God. The interpreted speaking in tongues only speaks to God. Okay. Verse 15. Verse 15, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with understanding also. So this, this is important today that the corporate church, the modern-day body of Christ, do everything with understanding so there will be no confusion. Once again, God is not the author of this confusion so somehow flesh and listen got in the way of the power and of my by my spirit operating in the spirit this is why when we get behind pulpits or we teach where where you come to church you got to lay yourself aside paul said i die daily i crucify myself that christ may live through me not me that lives but it's christ who lives in me and the Holy Spirit is represented, third person of the Trinity, and he lives within us. And once again, he is the catalyst of the church, the motivator, the knowledge of the church, the teacher of the church. Amen. So we need to do everything to cut down on confusion so that our church services are fruitful. The word of God goes forth. 
This is the purpose. Will not come back void, but will do that what he sent it to do. Give what? Seed to the sower, bread to the eater. To lift up, to edify. That when we leave the house of God, we've been edified not by men, but by the Spirit who strengthens us and helps us and leads us and guides us in all these different ways and operations. But the end result is him edifying his body. Verse 16, 1 Corinthians 14, 16. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou says? Okay. So if, if somebody does in tongues and the other's not knowing what's going on, how can they be blessed? How can they be edified? How can they be helped? You think Paul might be driving home and point was repeating a lot? Yeah, he is. I mean, repetition is the mother of learning. We need to know these things. Amen. Try the spirits and see if they be of God. Verse, verse 17, 1 Corinthians 14 and what? 17. For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. So we've got one possibly edified, one not. It's God's intention that the entire body be edified as long as we submit. See, there's got to be a point of submission. I know a lot of people sit in church services Sunday after Sunday and never submit. Never receive anything because they don't want to. Okay. We've got to submit to God. Draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh unto you. That's what he says in his word. 18, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank my God. Listen, I speak with tongues more than you all. Paul spoke with tongues. But he regulates. He yields. He yielded to the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is the regulator, the controller. Verse 19. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14 and 19. For yet in the church, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, I had rather speak, listen now, five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. I don't know what the ratio is there, but anyhow, 10,000 words compared to five it's a lot greater, but without understanding, what good does it do? He says, if I'm in the church, he said, I'd rather speak five words with understanding. My understanding also the people I'm talking to than to speak 10,000 words in the unknown tongue. See, the charismatic church, what do you want to call it? The equity, uh, uh, there's, we have a lot of names, Pentecost, whatever it might be. It's a bad rap because a lot of people don't operate according to what the Word of God says. They do come in the house of God and all those talking tongues. Amen. Rattle, gibbery. Come on, it's the truth. I never know understanding, and that's not edification. And I believe God's in it because the, Paul, Paul said this, that he's not. Well, there's no edification. There's no spirit of God. It's just rattling and talking. He says, I need to speak five words of understanding than speak 10,000 words in un, the unknown tongue. So, So the public or the congregation will not get much truth in 
in 10,000 words of speaking in tongues, but it would get a whole lot more in five words that's spoken with understanding. Listen, this is Paul's writing here. Amen. We need to study this and read this. Verse, verse 20, 1 Corinthians 14 and 20. Brethren, comma, be not children in the understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children. But in understanding, be men. Be men. Growed up men. Perceiving the word of God. Be adult. Be mature. Follow the word of God. Follow the guidelines of God. And we'll say it again. That the gift, the gifts were placed in the body of Christ. That the body of Christ might be elevated and edified. Never for a man. Verse, verse 21, 1 Corinthians 14 and 21. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Isaiah 20, 11, we heard that before, for stammering lips and other tongue will I speak to my people. Verse 22, 1 Corinthians 14 and 22. Wherefore tongues are, listen, tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Listen, but prophecy, which Paul said he'd rather we do, serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. See the difference? See the difference? Okay. So, Tongues were designed as, as, as a sign to the unbeliever through what? The miraculous which draws people. The very purpose of the gift, listen, the very purpose of the gift, if it's not done right, destroys the purpose of it. Eradicates it. Blots it out, so to speak. Because it's not done according to what Paul wrote in his word of God. Verse 23, 1 Corinthians 14 and 23. If therefore the whole church be come together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, listen, will they not say that ye are mad? And that word means insane. In Acts 2 and 13, many mocked and said, these men are full of new wine. We know Peter said, no, it's but the third hour of the day. This is what was given or prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days I shall pour of my spirit upon all flesh. So use properly and yielding properly to the Holy Spirit avoids the confusion that God does not want in the house of God. Once again, speaking in tongues without interpretation in a corporate setting, Amen. Amen. It's not fruitful unless interpreted. And like I said, in, 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 in prayer, in worship, not boldly, not, 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 not loudly speaking in tongues. I, I believe it's when you're talking to God in your worship. You're not bothering somebody around and about you. But a bold statement in tongues always needs to be followed by an interpretation. 24, 1 Corinthians 14 and 24. 
But if all prophesy, and there come one that believes not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. In other words, he can understand what's being said, whether he believes it or not. The prophecy is in the known language. Paul's really repeating that a lot. 25. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest, so falling down on his face, he worshiped God and report that God is in you of truth. So, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. He can understand what is being said. That speaks to him personally. Prophecy. Prophecy. And he will face, he will worship God and report that God is of truth. That is, he will heed to the message when spoken without confusion in tongues. Okay. 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you have a psalm, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Let us, let all things be done with edification. Everything done in the church is meant to edify the entirety of the body. It doesn't matter what it is. Hope we're getting it today. 27. If a man speaks in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, or at by course and let one interpret. Okay, we're going to stop there because I'm running out of time here. But next time we'll take up with 1 Corinthians 14 and 27. God's proper operation of the Spirit in the house of God laid out as the Apostle Paul wrote. So until next time, God bless. We want to thank you for listening to Truth in God's Word today. You can check us out on Facebook at The Truth in God's Word. There you can message us for any reason, whether it be prayer request, comment about the show, or if you would just like to let us know subjects you would like to hear about on Truth in God's Word. We pray that you have a blessed day.